0: What's up everybody, and for the third time today, welcome back to OT Takes, or Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. So earlier, ZG and I put together a fantastic podcast, we definitely lived up to our reputation of being the best podcast out there, and then um, my computer died because I forgot to plug my charger into the wall. So yeah, that happened.
1: It did happen.
0: Yeah, I I feel so bad. I'm sorry.
1: We're still putting a a pot out for you guys. We you We are. You will never know what has gone on behind the scenes today on Wednesday, January 6th, to
0: make this happen. So here's what's gonna happen. So ZG still has his audio. So we're gonna kind of play his as kind of monologues. And you're gonna hear some awkward pauses in there. That is me responding. And sadly, you know, obviously we don't have my audio. So before each monologue, we're kind of gonna go through, kind of explain what we talked about, and then I'll kind of give my thoughts on the subject, and then you'll get to hear ZG's end of it.
1: That's what we got for you.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. This is this is all on me. This is all on me. I I have to be better. But now I know, you know if, it, it happens.
1: I know that people listen to podcasts. Obviously, if they listen to this, this has happened to. Every major podcast imaginable So Jonathan don't feel Terrible this I mean we've done quite a bit Of episodes without any problems At all so I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that we made it this far um, Without one of these instances Happening and I think I think we We now have learned from this and we'll know what to Do next time around
0: That's right I'm gonna plug my charger into the Wall
1: (laughs) that's what I was getting to
0: (laughs) So So we've talked about a bunch of Stuff so you're going to hear kind of ZG's monologue stuff on Kenny Guyton, the the new receiving coach at in Arkansas, Indiana, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Florida. But obviously we talked about more than just that. We talked a lot about Cincinnati and Georgia. So we're going to kind of run over the highlights of other things that we talked about that you're not going to get to hear a monologue on. So do we want to start at Cincinnati and in, in Georgia? Yeah,
1: let's go ahead and do that.
0: So pretty much my my point was that – We both kind of peeled off of our takes a little bit, you know. uh, During the game, I made the comment that Georgia was clearly better than Cincinnati. I've definitely come off that. I was very impressed with Cincinnati's quarterback. You know, Cincinnati's a good football team. Luke Fickle, I think, has done a great job there. He's a really good head coach. And yeah,
1: yeah, and 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 likewise, I was on the opposite end of that, and I kind of came more around to you know Georgia probably is better. Um, they're definitely more talented, but I don't think the gap is, you know, crazy enough to be like, Georgia's clearly better. So, you know, when you look at that game and you got to realize like we were not talking about potential national title winners or even playoff winner like contention, like those were just two, like, you know, borderline really good teams. Yeah. Borderline top ten yeah. teams playing football, and it was a good game. And I think it proved to a it lot was. of people that Cincinnati can hang with with those teams. So I think Cincinnati hangs with Clemson or Bama. No, but do they hang with the next tier down? Absolutely, and they proved it. Oh
0: yeah, I I totally agree. You know, Cincinnati earned a lot of respect uh, across the country, which I think is really obviously they they want to win. But you know, they didn't get their doors blown off like I feel like you know that's what I thought was going to happen. It didn't, so Cincinnati earned a lot of respect. And then there, there was the call. We, we talked about that. If you watch the game, then you know what we are talking about. And if you missed the game, you know, it's third down. Cincinnati's got the ball with about a minute 45 left. Is that, is that about right?
1: It's less than that.
0: Was it like, it was like a minute and a half? Because I thought yeah, that if the clock had ran down, Georgia would have gotten the ball with about 55 seconds left.
1: That's what they did get the ball back with.
0: I, I thought they had a little over a minute. It doesn't matter. Pretty much, pretty much Cincinnati had the option to run the football to try and run up the clock. Georgia didn't have any timeouts left. But instead, they opted to go to call a play-action pass and go for a touchdown to put the game away. I liked the call. ZG did not. And pretty much, we had this argument that I I, I liked the aggressiveness of the call. I feel like when you're the underdog then you, you go for the kill. And, you know, they did. I thought that the play call was perfect. Quarterback just underthrew it a little bit, and the Georgia defender made a great play.
1: Yeah, and I, I kind of, you know, push back on that a little bit um, because I I think the way that game was going, I don't think uh, even if you're, you're like the – Underdog on the Vegas line, I still think you're in that game thinking you're just as good and just as prepared as Georgia is. So I don't think the underdog go for the win because we don't have a chance. Is I don't like that. I think it was bad clock management by Luke Fickle. I think he's had a history of bad clock management in his time as a head coach. Um, certainly, I feel like he did uh, against Georgia, and he's, he did it when he was an intern at Ohio State. So like if this was a one off thing maybe I can understand it but with the pattern and history of his clock management it's hard to let that kind of decision uh you know just pass off as you know just a just a, a unfortunate play but the bottom line is is that you know they had a chance to win at the end of the game and they could have they could have done things differently they could have ran the ball whatever but uh bottom line is they played toe to toe with they played really the talented well. roster in the nation, so I mean, all credit to Cincinnati. I don't know what that says about Georgia, but you know, Cincinnati can play with those teams, and I think they proved it.
0: Yeah. So, and then I think the real draw for this episode would have been our conversation about Texas A&M.
1: I mean, it was like it twelve was, minutes. It was like twelve or fifteen minutes.
0: We were like, voices were definitely raised. I was we yelling. Weren't yelling at each other. No, I was yelling. Were you really? <laughs> I was not. I was definitely talking louder than usual, though.
1: Yeah, we got into it. Essentially, like we do pretty much with everything, we are rational, logical people. So we came around to seeing each other's point of view. Um, I was claiming that Texas A&M was going to backdoor themselves into the Final Four and that they didn't really earn it. Jonathan was saying that he thinks that Texas A&M is better than Notre Dame. And essentially, after all the bickering and arguing, we came to the agreement that – we were both, you know, we both had solid points, good points, but yeah. we just couldn't get to the the finish line to agree. So, but it was fun. <laughs> I haven't argued like that with Jonathan was. since I was in college.
0: Seriously, that since my freshman year, man, that was what f- three years ago. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, a, dude. would th- have been 18. like a throwback.
1: God, yeah, that would have been like a throwback. You know, stretching out in right field type of argument.
0: The only difference, though, is that. We've, we've, we've grown enough and become adult adultish enough to be like, okay, I see your point. Because <laughs> back then, it would not have happened. Back then, you'd have been like, Jonathan, you're an idiot, and then you just walked away. That's what would have happened.
1: Well, I don't think you're an idiot anymore, which helps.
0: <laughs> That's true. That does help. Dude, the first time you came on my podcast, oh my gosh, that was great.
1: I mean, I've been, I was but. also asking you to do that for a while, and you were ignoring me.
0: That's true, and then I, I found I was scared. I'll be honest, man. I, I didn't think I was ready. I I, I knew what was coming. And I just I just didn't think I was quite prepared enough yet.
1: But yeah, the Texas A and M thing is it, is kind of like one of those things where you know we just have different fundamentally fundamentally we have different you know viewpoints on how um, how you get into the playoff. I guess, uh, especially in this. Yeah, year.
0: your your argument was definitely more resume-based, whereas I feel like mine was very, if Notre Dame played Texas a and M, I I think Texas A&M would beat them, and, yeah. and you're right, you know, there there's no evidence to back that up, the only common opponent we have is North Carolina and Alabama, and North Carolina had players opt out, and we knew what was going to happen to Notre Dame in that Alabama game. So, but yeah, I mean, we ended up seeing each other's points, um, no, definitely no not one,
1: agreeing though.
0: Definitely not agreeing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we talked, and then yeah. So, do we want to get to my thoughts on on Kenny Guyton real quick, and then yeah. play the first monologue? So, Kenny Guyton is the new wide receiver coach at Arkansas. Arkansas fans are excited. Basically, I didn't know anything about this guy. All I knew is that he used to play quarterback at Ohio State, and that he was the wide receiver coach at Colorado State. And so I was like, "Hey, ZG." Tell me what you know about this guy. And then he did. He did a really good job. So we're going to play that for you right now. Um, you'll probably hear like a little swoosh transition, and then we'll, we'll play it for you.
1: All right, so Kenny Guyton is, you know, he, he's a quarter, he played quarterback for Ohio State um, during the Braxton Miller days. And, like, make no mistake about it, Kenny Guyton was never the starter. He was never the number one guy. Um, but Braxton Miller hurt his shoulder, you know, um, one season midway through, and Kenny Guyton came in and played really well, kind of like a Cardell Jones-type situation. And, you know, Kenny Guyton, you, you talk to Ohio State fans, and he's he's super important to that 12-0 team uh, in Urban's first year uh, and super important the next year. So, you know, Kenny Guyton's a guy that just, like, he, he knows football and he might not have been the best quarterback. You know, he probably could have went somewhere else like mid-major or Mac or something like that and been a starter. But, you know, I think he's the type of guy where if you hear him speak and you hear him talk, especially back then, you could tell he was, he was destined to be a coach, you know, and Urban Meyer liked him, all the staff liked him. And, you know, he's came from, you know, being a quarterback's coach to, you know, low level coaching jobs and, you you know, I Kenny Guyton's a name. Uh, I mean, especially for Arkansas to get that is impressive, and it's one of those young type of coaches that could turn into something, uh, you know, special. So Arkansas got a good one for sure. All
0: right, we're back. So very good job, ZG. I think I thought you did a really good job of just giving us perspective on Kenny Guyton and how important he is to Ohio State. And yeah, I, I thought it was a it was a good monologue. Very good insight. From a from the Ohio State expert on the podcast,
1: it's a good hire. It's a really good hire.
0: Yeah, Arkansas has been doing. A good, they've hired good assistants. I mean, they've you know Sam Pittman's done a really good job of hiring assistant coaches. So yeah. I mean, so that's next, a guy that knows we modern. we got into
1: one second. I mean, uh, just to add, sorry, but that's just a guy that knows you know modern offense. Like he's a younger guy. Like yeah, he came up in I Urban agree. Meyer system. Like he he understands how you know college offense works, and you know. If there's one area where you know Arkansas can be, you know, elite compared to the other teams, it's at skill positions. I think they can. I think they get enough athletes that if they're developed properly, they can, you know, be elite. And I think Kenny Guyton is a really good step in that direction.
0: Wow, ZG throwing compliments Arkansas's way.
1: What? It's not really a compliment. <laughs> I'm saying the only way, the only place you can compete in the SEC is in skill positions. You're still going to get beat up on. Like inside in the trenches, but like you I might just, have some wider receivers. I just want to take
0: this moment. I just, I just want to take this moment to shout out to, to make a shout out to Indiana and the fans of Indiana. I just want to thank you guys for taking ZG's hate for Arkansas and just transferring it over to, to Indiana. So I just want to I just want to thank you guys for that.
1: <laughs> it's the natural progression of life, Jonathan. We have to evolve.
0: Oh man. Okay. So we got into it on Dan Mullen in Florida. We we pretty much agreed on this. Yeah, I kind of went off. He did, he did, and I just kind of sat here and, and nodded my head, and I was like, "Yeah, this guy's <laughs> this guy's right." So, pretty much, you know, Dan Mullen, terrible press conference. I'll, you know what, ZG? I'll, do do we just want to play it? Because I I feel like you're going to say everything that I'm about to say.
1: Yeah, I mean that's fine. I think that I think that you know. Me and you have a pretty strong uh, agreement on this. And I think that uh, what I said was, you know, you might not have been as harsh, but I think you echo those sentiments.
0: I do, w- without a doubt, without a doubt. So we're going to play that for y'all. We'll be right back with more overtime takes after that, after his monologue.
1: It's not even about that, Jonathan. It's about, you know... You talk all year about how you deserve a shot in the playoff and and you talk all this this stuff, Dan Mullen especially, you know. And then you come out in a game against, you know, a good team, a really good team. And and you don't and you don't give any effort. You don't you don't even act like you want to be there. And it's not even just the players, it's the coaching staff. The coaching staff did not prepare that team to win. So at this point, I have a, a culture issue with Florida. Are they like You don't see other teams that are in the national championship running acting like this and saying stuff like this, you know, um, and and not not getting your team prepared. Yeah, it's just, I don't care how many players are out. I mean, you see it in the NFL all the time. You saw it in the semifinal game. Players are out all the time, and it's your job as a head coach to get your team ready to play with the players you have. And if you lose, you lose, but there's no excuse for getting beat 55 to 20.
0: We're back. Very good. Like how much do we want to go in on this or do we just want to let do, do we just want to like leave the monologue and just let it have kind of its its moment because it was really good.
1: We can let it breathe. You know, this is weird for both of us, I'm sure. Um so, This is weird. We, we this isn't a style we're used to, but you know, I was I got I got, got kind of heated there. Again, I this has been you a did. podcast where I've been kind of like passionate about some stuff today so i'm glad that people get to hear it
0: so now we get to move into something that you're very passionate about and that is notre dame and once again i think we see pretty eye to eye on notre dame you know i think that you know the monologue that you guys are about to hear i think he, he hits the nail on the head in terms of identifying where notre dame is at in terms of like their ceiling and their floor and everything so i'm not going to spoil too, too much of that for y'all I think that you know the big thing that we're missing here, that that you're not going to get to hear, sadly, is is my my Notre Dame take, but it's really more of a Zach Gray take. So over the summer, ZG and I we did a, a Top Ten Tuesday podcast where we ranked the top ten sports movies of all time, and I ranked Rudy at three. And ZG was appalled. Rudy sucks. By that answer, and. So I this this is my belief. I believe that Zach Gray's hate for Notre Dame has bled over into his hate for Rudy. You know, I, I think that you know if we take Rudy, we put him in a Buckeye uniform, maybe it's not Zach Gray's favorite movie ever, but he likes it a lot more. I think I think a big reason why he doesn't like it is just because it's it's about Notre Dame, not like you yeah.
1: I mean I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think you're right a hundred percent. I I don't even want to watch that movie on Disney Plus about Clemson. <laughs> if you put if you put Rudy in a Illinois state uniform, it's probably I probably like it, but I don't know, I just can't get past the the Notre Dame thing. It's it's a problem, I think. I shouldn't have let it affect me like that, but it is a problem and I agree with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have teams like that though. You know, like I think that Alabama would be a team like that for most people. Um, but yeah, anyway. So that's pretty much the only thing I think that's that's missing from that. Like I said, Zach Gray hits he hits the nail on the head. I don't know why I said your first and last name there.
1: As you can tell, I was on Wait. a heater today.
0: He was. You were you brought it today, man. You brought it. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna take a not a break, you know, we're gonna play that that monologue for you, so Hopefully you guys enjoy it, and we'll be right back with more here in five minutes ish. I don't really know how long it is.
1: Yeah, so uh, essentially, what it is, and it's really not that profound. It's just kind of, you know, I think this is this is turning into more of the common, the common knowledge of of you know the state of the program of Notre Dame. I think Brian Kelly has maxed out everything you can do at Notre Dame. I think he has. I think he has, he has used every single resource and maximized it. And, you know, and I think that, you know, their ceiling is getting in as the four seed in the playoff and then getting blown out. I think that's <laughs> that's all you can expect from a team like Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, to its credit, you know, doesn't have the talent of some of these teams that could be, you know, in their spot, like a Texas A&M. Like, so they are – yeah, so they are doing, they are doing everything they can, everything that they humanly can do to to be to be in this spot. And now I, I just don't, I don't see with the way they recruit and the way you know the, their play style, they they can't compete for a national title, but they can compete in the Final Four. Well, not compete, but they can play in the Final Four. And that's such a weird spot to be in. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. There's, I mean, clearly a talent, you know, difference there. But, you know, I as as a fan, as a fan, I I don't understand. That's like the ultimate purgatory. That's like, like I would rather just not be in the discussion or have a chance to win it. I wouldn't want to be like the fourth seed every fourth or fifth seed every year, and then know I'm about to get obliterated by the teams I'm about to play. Like that would suck. But, like, Notre Dame fans suck, too, so I don't really feel
0: that bad. We're back. Moving on to Indiana. Like I said, Zach, great job. I think, you know, I've said it. I think it's the fifth time I'm going to say it. You hit the nail on the head about Notre Dame and just the evaluation of where they're at. And so we're going to move on to Indiana. And ZG's hate for Indiana has grown, and I think you're going to hear that in his monologue because, once again, I mean, he just he you you're just really good at this zag. That's really all that there is to it. Um. Also,
1: this is the one where, you know, there's kind of some awkward pauses in there because Jonathan is. I don't know whether or not he's like appalled at how much I hate Indiana, or if he is just like, you know, in trying total... to just get a grasp of what I'm saying. There's total disbelief. But yeah, this is the <laughs> this is the one where there's some pauses, but you know it starts out slow and then i really hammer them, so i'm hey, pretty proud of this one i
0: it's good like like i said you know you're you're good at this podcasting thing so <laughs> but yeah i just i just can't believe that they lost to a team with a losing record
1: oh it, i let i let the people know
0: you do you do a really good job of it and this is one of those things again where we totally agree i was worried I think that there's pauses because I didn't think we were going to see eye to eye on this. I didn't. I was fully prepared to get the the assault of I don't know what. I just didn't think we'd agree, and we ended up agreeing. So I think it was – the pauses aren't me trying to grasp. It's me trying to – it's me trying to grasp the fact that we agreed on this.
1: After the podcast we had had where we had fought for 15 minutes, I, I understand. <laughs>
0: So we're going to play that for y'all, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up and I guess continue our conversation on Ohio State because we kind of got cut right right at the end of it. So we're going to play that for y'all, and then we'll be back.
1: So, you know, Indiana never wins in football. Kind of a joke in the Big Ten, would you agree? Yeah, okay, but I'm just talking historically. And, you know, they, they hire a coach who's, who's pretty good. You know, Tom Allen's a great coach. Um, seems like they found, a you know, a competent quarterback. Um, you know, if you have any semblance of a competent quarterback in the Big Ten, you're going to win games. And so, it, so, you know, they come into the season and, you know, they beat Penn State on, you know, probably the craziest play of the college football season happened week one. In that overtime game again, so you know they're they're rolling and it, it, they get to you know four zero. They're about to play Ohio State and they're this great story. And like I watch Indiana play before they play Ohio State, and they look they look like Ohio State's like little brother clone. Like they try, like they they want to do what Ohio State does. Like I'm pretty like you've seen them play. It's pretty accurate. When Penix is healthy, it's like Ohio State light. And, you know, so it's a feel-good story. I don't have anything against Indiana. And, you know, they play Ohio State. They're getting run out of the building. And then they make a little comeback at the end. Never tie it up, actually. Never, ever have the ball with a chance to tie it up. Um, But the score looks like they only won, that it was close. Like they won by seven. So, you know, now I don't hear much from Indiana fans. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Ohio State's games start getting canceled. You know, Maryland cancels. Illinois cancels. And now it's looking like Ohio State's not going to reach that six-game threshold. And here they come, Indiana fans out of the woodworks, you know, asking for a handout. We should be playing in the Big Ten Championship, even though we lost to the the first-place team. And just because they didn't play enough games, we should be in it. We should be, you know, in the playoff discussion. We should be in the New Year's Six discussion. You know the story. And, you know you probably get screwed out of a new year 6 honestly but you play a sub 500 team in your bowl game and you come out and lose i don't care if you're missing your quarterback i don't care you you are playing a team that you that according to you guys should not be on your level according to indiana fans you guys should have been playing for a conference championship over a team that beat you, and be in a conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl. I can only imagine if you guys played Georgia. If Indiana played Georgia, it would be a bloodbath. So, you know, for all that talk Indiana fans were doing, you know, about how they deserved the shot because they wanted a handout, well, there it goes. Everything I've been saying is is proven true. You got beat by a bad team in a bowl game, in a normal year, they wouldn't even be playing in.
0: We're back talking about Ohio State and it's this this monologue's really good as well. Are are are, are there pauses in this one? I, I think that there are.
1: Um I don't think there's I think I don't there is a little bit, but I think that I think I get going a little bit and and it's not, not that bad. I think the Indiana one is is probably the one with the most pauses, so. so but it's kind of you know, it's kind of just like a you know, a breakdown of what, what I saw from from the game and the the keys to, you know, why Ohio State ended up rolling.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the things that you're going to be missing from my stance are, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if Ohio, if Ohio State had won by, like, seven, you know, or a field goal, but they rolled them. Like, I mean, they just, they dominated Clemson. I was really disappointed with, with the way that Clemson played defensively. You know, I mean, Zach talks about how Ryan Day, you know, dominated Brent, Brent Venables in his monologue and,
1: yeah, and like the thing was throughout the season is yes they were getting hurries they were getting pressures but they weren't getting sacks and you know enough pressure to force uh, uncomfortable like throws or something like that and it seemed like it seemed like starting starting with that Northwestern game that D line came together you know they're getting to the quarterback they're getting hits on the quarterback they're making them uncomfortable and I think that that I think obviously three levels of defense I think you know it starts up front. And if if Ohio State can get that pressure against Alabama, you know, I still think Devontae Smith is going to go off. But I think if you can hit Mac Jones a little bit, you might force him into a turnover. You might get a three and out, and, you know, your offense is good enough to score. So I think that's the big takeaway from this Clemson game is that, you know, if the defensive line is coming together, it kind of masks those secondary issues. And let's be honest, Ohio State has the best linebackers in, in the playoff. So, you know, the linebackers are good. It's just, you know, that secondary and that D-line coming together and, and, you know, working together and trying to get, you know, stops. And you're not going to stop them every time like we saw even in the Clemson game. But it's timely stops. It's, it's timely tackling. You know, they didn't miss a lot of tackles. And it was just – it was an overall really impressive game.
0: So he, he gets into that and – you know the, the two things that you know I'm glad. One thing I'm glad that I didn't see is that there weren't any Tony Elliott excuses. You know there wasn't any oh you know Clemson wins if Tony Elliott's there. Tony Elliott is their their offensive coordinator. So thank you Clemson fans for not saying that. And yeah I think that's pretty much it. And then do, do we want to talk about? Okay this is something I want to talk about. This is what I was ready to get into before before my computer died. To the people saying that Justin Fields should go number one over Trevor Lawrence, you are overreacting. This is recency bias. We can't throw out, you know, Justin Fields' other, what, 20 games, and we can't throw out Trevor Lawrence's other 35 games after one game where Justin Fields outplayed Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields has put to bed the idea that Zach Wilson is better than Justin Fields. Because Zach Wilson is not, if you'd watched Justin Fields last year, you would have known that.
1: Yeah, and, and you asked me the question, you asked me the question, do I think there's a, there's a legitimate gripe that Justin Fields should be the first quarterback taken? And you know me, I will admit when I'm wrong, and I said at the beginning of the football season that I think the my bold prediction was Justin Fields would be the first quarterback taken, and I was wrong. I think, without a doubt, you take Trevor Lawrence first, but I also said this to you, I said, yes, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is first, um, but I don't think um, there's much of a fall off from Trevor Lawrence to Justin Fields. It's just, you know, Trevor Lawrence yeah. has, doesn't have as many questions as Justin Fields. I think whoever gets Justin Fields is in just as good a position as whoever, well, the Jaguars, who get Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah.
0: So, you know me, man. I'm always trying to find some interesting take to take things to to another level. So, I took about two hours And tried to connect Urban Meyer to Justin Fields to just just to make a case for Justin Fields to go number one because you know reports are that Jags are really pushing to hire Urban Meyer. And I was like, well, you know, Urban Meyer did recruit him. I know he wasn't there. Justin Fields his first year there, but maybe you know, like he knows Justin Fields well. Maybe he'll take him if he's hired. So there there is hope, and I do think there's a scenario where Urban Meyer might take Justin Fields just because he knows him but i'm i'm with you i do think trevor lawrence is going to go number 1
1: yeah and i i mean i don't think there's much justin fields can do um i mean he would have to play equally if not better in this national title and then he would have to go to the combine and shred and like i think i yeah. think even if he does all those things like trevor lawrence has just put together you know this body of work and this you know he he's mechanically sound. He's got the size. He's got the arm. He's got the leadership. He's got everything. And you know he's athletic. He hasn't really, he's athletic. He hasn't really had those question marks about you know holding the ball too long or not reading the defense properly like Justin Fields has. But you know Justin Fields like this isn't a big drop off here. And I want to make that clear. I don't think this is some like the first quarterback in the draft is going to be heading above the second. I think Justin Fields is right there and i think that it's inter- it's going to be one of those interesting like quarterback things that'll that'll carry on for a career because you know Justin Fields oh, yeah. and Trevor Lawrence competed in the elite 11 and you know, Justin Fields won the MVP, and then they play each other in college. And the first game, Trevor Lawrence wins, and then Justin Fields wins, and now it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick. And you know that storyline is just going to follow them yeah. throughout their entire
0: careers. And they were they were the one and two ranked quarterbacks coming out of high school as well. Grew up like fifty miles from each other. Oh yeah, they're they're going to be linked for forever.
1: Yeah, and I think that's awesome for you know not only college football but you know NFL too.
0: Yeah, I, I just if you had, okay if you had to put money on this. Do you think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are good friends, or do you think that they just don't like each other from like a competitive standpoint?
1: I don't think they. I don't think they really like each other.
0: I hope not. You know, like I was so disappointed to find out that Peyton Manning and 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 Tom Brady were friends. Like, I hope, I hope Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields don't like each other. That's really my hope.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, <clears throat> I don't know if they like hate each other or like would like, you know, outwardly be. Like mean or not be friendly, but I think that they oh yeah, both, yeah. I think they both think they're better than each other, and I I don't think oh there's, yeah, and they there's should. not a ton of evidence to prove either way, <laughs> so it's like yeah, they're fighting for you know greatness like that on that scale on that scale you know that's that's got to be another level of competition.
0: I agree. So we we didn't tell the people at the start, so let's tell them now. We are not going to preview the National Championship game. We're going to do that on Friday. So that's right. You're going to get two podcasts this week. Um, yeah. And then I, I want to ask you this. So uh, opting out has been, I, I think it's a problem. I think it makes games less interesting. So if, if you're in their shoes, ZG, you know, you've played college sports. You know what it's like being in the locker room, getting in there, grinding through an entire offseason with guys. If you're, if you're playing college football and you're in this position to go get drafted, are you playing in your bowl game or not?
1: Man, that is a tough question. Um
0: It is, man. Like, I just I I, I know where I stand. I just I'm, the type I'm curious to know your play. stance. I am. I I, would I am play. too. That that didn't surprise me. I figured that, not, that's what you said. I'm not
1: gonna knock uh, I, I'm also I'm not I'm also not the best person to ask because I it wasn't if you get hurt, you're losing out on millions of dollars it, you know, like yeah,
0: but I totally I, agree that's my yeah. f-
1: my first thought is you know, I know what goes into a season, I know the the struggles the the work, the joy, all of that, you know, and I don't think I would trade playing one more game uh for my college over over anything uh except probably yeah. millions of dollars so
0: <laughs> yeah i I totally agree, I'm with you hundred percent. I feel like, because it's just it'd be hard for me like to look at my teammates after, especially if they lost. You know. Yeah,
1: but I, I think there's more of a I think there's more of a you know, a sentiment around college football like go like these bowl games really don't matter. Go get your money. Like you've you've done a lot for the program. You've you've put your oh work yeah in. totally agree time in like. So there's that side of it too. I just don't know if I could do it. So that's that's I don't know if yeah. that's what you were looking for, but I don't think I can do
0: it. Oh, I, yeah, that's good. So last thing, I talked about this on my on my other podcast earlier this week, and I just I I I, I want your stance on this, okay? So Joe Clatt offered this idea earlier in the season, and I was completely against it. But after watching bowl season, I I think this is what I want: no bowl games, sixteen team playoff. That's it. I think that part of the reason why Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson continue to dominate college football is because they're in the college football playoff every year. And look, like yes, high school kids, their goal is to get to the league, but if you can win a national championship along the way, you're probably going to want to do that too. So I think that's why we see Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson continue to dominate recruiting year in and year out. I think that if we expand the playoff to 16 teams, that might help maybe disperse the talent a little bit. In addition to that, if you put in the, like, when we watch our bowl games, nobody cares or watches UTSA and the Citadel play when when both are six and six. Okay, nobody watches those games. COVID year or not, nobody's in the stands. And so the only pushback I've gotten on this idea is money, which I totally get, because at the end of the day, that's what makes, you know, that's what the NCAA is all about. They They want to make money. I just don't think that the money would be that as big of a deal. I feel like TV contracts would go for more because it has the term playoff attached to it. And you would sell out every game you played. I like, you know, You'd play 15 games. So just give me your thoughts on that idea.
1: Well, how many bowl games are there normally? Like 35?
0: Yeah, that's... Is that right? I, I don't know. I don't know how many there, there usually are. That was are. me
1: ballparking. I don't know. But like how many games does a 16 team playoff have? I'm not 15. a math guy. 15?
0: It's 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 15, yeah.
1: Okay, well, you know, I think one of those playoff games could, you know, double could make more than two of those stupid bowls, like the Belk Bowl or something like that. Like
0: Yeah. You know. And, or the the Music City have, Bowl.
1: You can still have sponsors for those games, like exactly. Make so you're still making money off those. Yeah, make those sponsorships a little more, and like I'm sure you can cover cover the loss of the Mayo Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, with you know a playoff game. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I agree, and I just think that I think college football is in a really dangerous space where if it's the three te- same three teams year in and year out, I think people are going to get bored, and at the end of the day, like. Let's be honest here, Northwestern, as good as they are, like that's a good football team. I don't think they have much hope of making the playoff because they know that the best players are gonna end up at Ohio State. They know that when the best coaches come available, they're gonna go to places like Ohio State and Alabama, if those jobs come open, obviously. Like, you know, like Nick Saban's gonna probably retire within this during this decade and I'm interested to see what happens with that job. Like, who are they going to go hire? And, like, that's really the only, I think, scenario where new teams can slide in. It's when these great coaches get old and retire. When, look, Dabble Sweeney's in his 50s. He's not retiring for a while. Ryan Day, I believe, is in his late 40s. He's not retiring for a while. So I just think that the only hope is that, you know, one of these great coaches leaves. And that just doesn't happen very often.
1: No. No, I agree. I just, I don't think, I don't, I've I've said this before. Like, just, just get better. Like if if Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama can do it, you know what what's stopping a fourth team or a fifth team from doing the same thing?
0: Yeah, I, I I I see what you're saying. I just think that the draw of hey, if I go play for Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State, I'm basically I know that probably two out of my four years I'm going to have the opportunity to play in the playoff. Yeah, and, and whereas but they, they built like, that though, they built that. Those oh, teams totally, built agree. That. totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Ohio State I just think wasn't that, always
1: like this. Clemson wasn't always like this. Like, there's always there there's a window for you to do stuff like this. Georgia is recruiting at the same level of those teams and still not at that level. Like,
0: that's true. Know, yeah, I, I agree. I
1: don't like. I I think I I push back on the idea of trying to make college football more quote unquote equal.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Then again, I am an Arkansas fan. We haven't been good in a while, so maybe that's why I want this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I probably could just be saying that because my team is playing for a national title Monday, so I don't
0: know. Okay. Oh, I want to ask you about this. COVID is apparently a problem at Ohio State. Did you see what Nick Saban's daughter said?
1: Yeah, and that's just like, you know, I thought That's
0: bad. I totally disagree.
1: I thought the the mo- the extra motivation stuff wouldn't come this week. I even put a tweet out like this is a national championship. I don't think it will. And I don't know how much it plays, but it certainly it certainly can't like it can't, make can't things, hurt. Yeah, it can't hurt. Like that that is bulletin board material. And like I said, I don't know how much I play into that, but like it's it's it it can't it can't possibly benefit Alabama. Oh, not at all. And that's why not it was at all, deleted. but... Papa Saban came through and, and told her to delete it. It was silly and, you know, but also, like, yeah, irrational. it's kind of hypocritical of Ohio State fans because they, you know, they said the same thing about Michigan, and now they want to play, like, COVID so serious when they did the same thing with Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's true. I, I think it's dumb to say, but also, like, all these Ohio State fans that were claiming Michigan was ducking them, like, you really have no room to talk because you did the same thing.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. So, last thing. So I, I I'm torn on this because I want for the national championship game. I want for both teams to be at full strength. I want to see them. I want to see them both play each other at full strength because I want to know who the best team is. But at the same time, college football has gone along like it's business as usual. Every game has been played on time. If you have enough players to play, you play. And so I'm torn between this idea of. I feel like like I want the best players on the field, but at the same time, I feel like moving things around because of COVID when you haven't done it all year could possibly, I'll how I don't figure out how to say this, it could ruin maybe the integrity of it, like you haven't done this all year and now all of a sudden you want to change the rules kind of thing, what do you kind of think about that?
1: I, I see that angle and like, you know, even Ohio State in the semifinal game were missing players because of COVID. But the way that the way that I've been seeing things and you know, I get texts from people like that are, you know, inside the the program, um, I sign up for it, it's like two dollars a month. But um it's they're saying that there's a possibility the entire D line position group is out. And like, you know, yeah, and you, if we're we don't talking want that. about yeah, if we're talking about position groups, not just one or two guys, you know, from each. If we're talking about an entire position group, like I, I, I can't see that happening uh, in that scenario. Just because you know you're talking about the integrity of the game, we're gonna we're gonna make a team that that earned and fought its way all the way to the national title play without their defensive line because of a virus that literally everyone is getting. Like I understand yeah, it might uh, not yeah, seem fair to Alabama, but like. Again, it's a weird year, and I think you want uh, the season that you worked so hard for and the season that you pushed along for um, to get to this point. I think you want it to be its best version of itself. So if an entire position group is out, I think you have to, you know, definitely consider pushing it back because, you know, what's the excuse going to be? Uh, if Alabama wins and Ohio State doesn't have their D line, oh, they didn't have their D lines. Their best part of their defense, yada yada yada. Yeah. And then, you know, if Alabama loses, when after the rest, it's like, well, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have played. Like they should have played on the 11th and not the 18th. Like there's just, I mean, it's a hard yeah. decision to make. But at the end of the day, I think the one thing that comes above everything else is like, how much, like, do we value the national championship based on? you know everything we've done is it truly just about the money or do we give the players enough you know time to to play an evenly matched game on the field
0: yeah and yeah i i totally agree i think that from everything that i've heard everything that i've read people that i've talked to both teams are pushing towards playing on the 11th they both want to play on the 11th they're both trying to make it happen I know both teams, ADs, have been talking to each other, and that, that is the goal. But, like, I, I want a good game. Like, let's be honest. No one wants to watch either team get rolled. Okay? I, I feel like that's been kind of the theme this year of college football. You know, that's been, the, that's been the theme of the bowl season. Like, there's only been, like, two or three good games. So, I just, I want a good game. So, if we have to push it back a week, let's push it back a week. Like, I just want to see a good football game between two really good teams.
1: Yeah, and it, it, that's the thing too. Like you said, like you touched on, both athletic directors have came out publicly and said they want to play on the eleventh. Like no one's ducking, no one's doing any shady stuff. Like both both teams are are trying to play the eleventh, and like you know, I, it's just a hard decision to make because you're not like not everyone's going to be happy. But I honestly think if the roles were reversed and Alabama's entire D-line uh, was in question, I think I'd be like, I'd rather play them, you know, at full strength a week later. Because not only does it yeah. help Ohio State and Justin Fields get healthier, it helps Jalen Waddell get healthier. It hel- like, it benefits both yeah. teams to a certain extent. Maybe one more than, other, than the other because, you know, we're talking about more than just one player. But at the same time, you know, it, it, can't, it doesn't hurt either team like why would Alabama you know want to play a team that that's not at full strength at in the national title that's not in the spirit of competition that's not the Nick Saban that I know so it's I, not. I you know so it's like I know spirit of competition sounds corny but I mean you just go off what Nick Saban says and, and does yeah and so I mean winning winning that way would be you know you won the national title but like for years and years all you're gonna hear is you know wasn't wasn't a oh, level well, playing yeah. field, you know, just stuff like yep. that. So it's a hard I totally decision. Agree. I if Ohio State can play on the 11th if they have, you know, an adequate enough players, they should play on the 11th. There okay. should be no Let's wait because we need to get some guys back. But if their entire D-line is out and they need to push the game back to make the game, you know, the way it should be, then I understand Competitive?
0: That too. Yeah. Because, yeah, like I I think even you would agree. Everybody could be at full strength, but if Ohio State doesn't have their defensive line, Alabama's going to I think they'd win pretty handily if they played Ohio State if Ohio State's defensive line wasn't there. I mean, it's I the think key you'd to the agree game. with that.
1: I, I said that. again. Yeah, like, it I, is. I said, That's where you win. That, that I said that on uh, when I was talking about Ohio State or, earlier in the show. I was like, "That's the key to the game. Like, that, their D line is the reason why they could win this game." And you know, so and it'd yeah, be such I, a good
0: matchup. It'd be such a good matchup. You know, Alabama's offensive line won the award for the best offensive line in college football. I, I think it would be a great thing just to watch.
1: Yeah, I'm with you.
0: So, all right. So we're going to talk to y'all again on Friday. Sorry again. I promise I will plug my computer into the wall on Friday so we don't have to do this weird thing. So thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter because I'm assuming we're going to yell at each other at some point throughout the week. It just kind of happens at some point. But, yeah, I I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, ZG, you got anything?
1: I'm good man uh, sorry about the you know the technical difficulties but you know sometimes stuff happens we rebounded
0: we did we I, honestly we we put together a very good podcast considering what happened
1: absolutely I mean are you doubting us because I've never done that
0: oh no way never so <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening this has been overtime takes we'll talk to y'all again on Friday
1: love you guys